0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Oh, you might wonder why I have these chains around me today. I think it ties in with the video. Uh, We can fight the war against God. We can be bound. We can even know Christ and be free in Christ and then use our freedom to enslave ourselves again. We have the ability to do that. You know, if we could hear with spiritual ears today, I think we would hear the clanging of the chains as some of you walked in the doors this morning. And don't think those watching online that you're excluded, wherever you're watching from, we could hear the chains. Jesus has the power to deliver us. He has the power to keep us free and living in freedom. But sometimes we just, well, you know what? These chains seem awful familiar. Can I tell you, there's not a whole lot of chain here. But man, this is heavy on my arm. I had it in the first service for a while and I was trying to flex a little bit. And all of a sudden I said, oh, ouch, I got a cramp. Some of your lives are cramped too. Don't laugh at me. You came in with your chains on. And it's not even snowing outside. Chains. The Lord wants us to drop our chains. Boy, that's a nice sound. Our guilt, our shame, our anger, our personal affliction, our personal addictions, our personal condemnation. Jesus did not set us free so that others would hold us captive. You may be a person that is trying to live under the expectations of everyone else. Now, sure, if you have a job, you better produce for your boss. If you're a teacher, you better do well for your students. Make sure you keep their parents happy, right? That's a hard job. If you're in the military, you want to serve our country. It deserves your best service. That's not the expectations I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who come to us and say, this is how you should be. This is, this is how you should live. And pretty, pretty soon, it's not even God's will for your life. It's their will for your life. See, you can run after the person everyone wants you to be and lose the person God created you to be. Oh boy, if I was a preacher, we would camp there for a while. You can run after the hamster wheel of approval from everyone else and be missing the will that God has for your life. Jesus didn't die so you'd conform to the expectations of others. He died so we could be free, free to choose him over everything else, free to choose his will above our own, free to have his thoughts become our thoughts. Romans twelve two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think when our minds are renewed, the chains fall off. We get rid of stinking thinking. Yeah, baby, I'm glad you're here. Now, sure, Paul is talking about the world's mold, something called culture or society. But, But can I tell you there is a mold that people will try to press you into? I'm a pastor. You know how many people have told me for 40 years what I'm supposed to look like, act like, sound like, be like? I would be schizophrenic today if I listened to everybody. What You should wear a tie when you preach. I play the drums. I don't want to wear a tie. I woke up this morning. It said 81 degrees in Lompoc. I wore short sleeves. Some of you come to shorts in church. Where's your tuxedo? You're in the house of the Lord. Oh, but you're going to say, wait a minute, God looks on our heart, not on the outward appearance. Come on. Well, pastor, you got to, I had somebody not too long ago, you got to tell your people to dress up a little bit more. It's God's house. I said, really? That's what you want to tell I know guys here that wear suits all week long. The last thing they want to do is wear a suit on Sunday. Bondage. It's kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? Christ has come to set us free. Galatians 5, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, you version, whatever you got. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, take one. That's our gift to you. It's freedom, so it's free, free Bible. And uh, I want you to go to Galatians 5 and tell you that Paul was upset that people were trying to come in and make people wear chains. They're called the Judaizers. And here's their summary. You now believe in Christ? Great. But if you don't have rituals, if you don't live in our tradition, if you don't live our way, God will not put favor upon you. He will not receive you if you don't do it like we ask you to do it. The church at large is consumed with the do-nots. Here's what I'm going to say later. I'll just give you a little preview, a little taste of it. If we spend all of our lives doing the do's that God called us to do, we'll have no time and energy for the do-nots. Come on. It's true. You know, in the early church, the early church in Acts 2, they were known as dreamers, visionaries, risk-takers. They were celebrated for going out and preaching the gospel to the entire world. And today, we're celebrated if we're conformists. If we look like all the other Christians, if we speak our sacred language uh, called Christianese, if we, if, 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 if we worship the same way, if we like the same music, conformists. And I'm so glad for the diversity in our church. I'm just thrilled about it. And sorry, uh, Tyler, for drawing attention to you. We have a 10th grade girl up in the presentation room. She got here at 7 a.m. She'll be here till noon, and she's putting all of these words on the screen for you this morning. 10th grade. And she plays the guitar, and she's involved in our youth group. And she serves on our campus. I mean, just wonderful. But When it's time for you to have letters for scholarships, you just come see me, sweetheart. I'm going to write the best saucy letters. They're going to need a bib and handy wipes. When they read that letter, it's going to be so saucy. You know what I mean? Come on. So I love the fact that we don't all look the same, act the same when we're not all the same age. I'm so glad when we worship today, you're not all drummers. Actually, that'd be kind of fun. But we have different gifts and different talents, and some of you can clap really well, and some of you are rhythmically challenged. You know who you are, but we love it. And some of your neighbors really sing well, don't they? And some of you, well, your neighbors didn't sing so well this morning, but that's okay. We're not going to call them out because we're free. Number one, get your notes out. We are called to be to be free. That's your calling. What's my life to be all about, Pastor B? Well, I don't know all about your life. I don't know all about you, but what I do know, you've called, you've been called to be free. Galatians 5, 13. Let's read it together. Boy, you're awesome. Look at how quick she brought it up. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not. Wait a minute, there's a do not. There's a do not. Do not what? Use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. What's your future? Go ahead and ask me. What's my future? Let's ask. What's my future? What's my destiny? I'm going to tell you. I know all about it. Your destiny, and your future is freedom. And if you start walking into any area where you're bound, bound by the world's expectations or bound by you living against the will, the purpose, the word of God, creating bondage, picking up chains once again, that's not God's plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, God has plans for you, hope and a future. He's speaking to the children of Israel who are captive for 70 years to Babylon. I have plans for you, hope and a future and expected end. And right in that whole heart of God is freedom, freedom. Boy, this morning at eight o'clock service, I said, I was thinking about Braveheart. Remember that old movie? They didn't even know what it was. Or you hear William Wallace say, they can take our lives, but they can't take our freedom. Hey, listen, no one can take your freedom from you. You have to give it up willfully. When somebody speaks ill of you, you have to receive that if you want to be bound. Or you can just say, hey, no, excuse me, I am who he says I am. Yes, I am. Sounds like Popeye. I am that I am. That's all I am. But... Whatever journey you're on, God wants you to move forward into freedom. So the early church, dreamers, risk-takers. And today, we celebrate those that are conformists. If you find yourself living the life that God did not call you to, then you're picking up chains again. If you find yourself believing things that God did not call you to, if you find yourself rewriting the Scriptures, to justify your feelings or your desires. You're not living in freedom. Jesus sees our personal prisons and our bondage, and he calls us to be free. He didn't die on a cross so we could believe in him and so we could pick up chains again and be bound. There is a future in which God has you more free than you even are right now. And as we grow in maturity, he wants more and more of his freedom to be upon us. He went to great lengths when he died on a cross so you could be free. So he could actually take death, hell, and the grave and say, I've triumphed over them. He comes to earth to give his life for us. Can I just tell you, the freest person who ever walked this planet was Jesus. And you know what he did with his freedom? He allowed himself to be our ransom. He allowed himself not to be served, but to serve and give his life for us. He allowed himself to use his freedom for the good of us, for the good of our lives, for our eternal salvation. The second thing he says, we're not to use our freedom to become a slave. Could you imagine that? I don't know any prisoner. There there may be one or two that aren't in their right mind, but I don't know any prisoner who's been pardoned or who served their time and the jail doors are open and they say, I don't want to leave. Most everyone I've ever seen wants to get their bus ticket or go home or have somebody pick them up and live a free life. I talked to a gentleman years ago out here in our penitentiary. I was speaking at the chapel that day and and he said to me, just out of the blue, he said, you know what I miss? I miss the freedom getting in a car and just cruising with the windows down and letting the air blow through my hair. I missed the freedom of saying, I feel like I want to go get a taco and going through the drive-thru at Taco Bell with the radio way up. And he just went on and on about what he lost because of the choices he made that put him in our penitentiary. He gave up his freedom. No one forced him to use a gun and do the robbery that he did. No one forced him to act violently against other people. No one forced him. Hey, you know what, we have a choice. We have a choice to walk in the freedom that Christ has given us and not walk back into slavery. Galatians 5:1. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's kind of amazing. Isn't it? I mean, it's for freedom Christ set us free. Isn't that an amazing statement? What does it mean? Well, is not the whole point of being set free to walk in freedom? That Jesus opens the prison doors and sets the captive free so we can walk in freedom? And then he says in Galatians 5.1, stand firm then. In other words, warning, you stand firm in your freedom. Do not let yourselves, oh, yeah, but my friend, my spouse, my boss, my teacher, my... My, 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 my. No, 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 no. This is personal freedom. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's up to you to take it on. It's up to you to pick up the chains. It's up to you to say, well, I I know I'm saved. I I, I have a relationship with God through Jesus, but I'm going to pick up my chains again. And I think God looks down from heaven and says, that's not my will and purpose for you. Don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't let yourself somehow feel like there's things you have to do to earn your salvation or that God won't accept you the way you are. I think I want to ask you this, this, this question. What have you done with your freedom? If you know Christ, what have you done with your freedom that you got to know him? How has it impacted your worship? How has it impacted your generosity? How it impacted your love and your kindness? We live in the freest land in the world, and excuse me for saying this—it doesn't take a, a brilliant sociologist to tell you what I'm about to say. We live in the freest land in the world, and we have some of the most selfish people on the planet. We have all the benefits and blessings. And then you add to it Christ and you add to it the Holy Spirit and you add to it the living word of God that he's given to us and we can pick up chains, chains of bitterness and hatred and shame and guilt and wounds and poor decisions and addictions. And people could look at us and say, you call yourself free? I, I'm like you. I'm on a journey of faith, but I, I'll tell you, There's times that I look at the Lord and say, God, you've done all this for me and and here I am dishonoring you by not believing what you've said about me, by, by not embracing my freedom in you. You can make choices in your freedom that rob you from your freedom. And isn't it interesting that Jesus allows us freedom in him, that When we get saved, you would think it would be like, well, you got saved, and now we're going to program your soul. We're going to program your brain. This is all you're able to do. But God so trusts us with our freedom. He lets us make our own choices. I think he's foolish in that. Sorry. I just think you give your life to Jesus, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fills you, and you can't go wrong. You can't deny him. You can't disobey him. You can't pick up any more chains. You can't be filled with hatred or anger or revenge or retribution. Oh, man, we would all be holy. But God says, no, I still trust you with the freedom I give you. That you can walk left, you can walk right, you can go up there, you can go back there. Galatians 5.1, again, do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Hey, would you write this down? This is so great. This is a great fill-in. One of my best ever. Jesus does not want you held captive to the worst moments of your life so you can move forward to the best moments of your life. You got to let it percolate. First o'clock, eight o'clock, they were like, yes! They were actually woke up. They were like, whoa! See, Jesus doesn't want you to be held captive or to be in prison or to be picking up chains. Why? Because he doesn't want your past to hold you, but rather he wants you to move forward to the best moments of your life, the best moments of your life, Or your parents, if they weren't good parents, have no power over you in their badness. Huh? Or maybe a bad relationship, or maybe the first spouse, or the second spouse, or the third spouse, but now you've landed on the fourth spouse. By the way, love the one you're with. Yeah. God wants us to embrace the best moments of our life, and we can't do that if we're bound by our past. Boy, if I was a preacher, I'll tell you what. Number three, we're not to use our freedom for ourselves. Live in the most self-centered, consumeristic country in the world, but in Galatians five thirteen, here's what he tells us. Let's read it. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, by the way, let's say rather, rather serve one another humbly in love. Well, I'm free. It's my life, and I'll yeah. Some of you are too young to know what that is. I'm going to do it my way. No, rather serve one another humbly in love. The reason you've been free in Christ is you're free to love the world. No, but you're free to love people in the world like Christ loved them. You're free to love God's will and God's purpose. You're free to do the things that God's called you to do. Rather, see, if you focus so long on the do nots, we will miss the do's or actually the rathers. When you feel like, well, I want to go first. No, rather let someone else go first. I want to make sure that I have enough. No, make sure someone else has enough. Make sure that someone else is being blessed and it gets to the place where we don't indulge the flesh. Indulge the flesh. Do you know what the flesh is, right? No, it's not it's not what hangs on your bones. It's your internal impulse. And that internal impulse that he talks about in Galatians 5 and in Galatians uh, 6, he will talk about it eight times in those two chapters. And he will say, your flesh will rise up and it will suffocate the freedom of God. Your flesh will have an impulse upon it. I looked at a definition of your flesh and I came across the words of C.S. Lewis, who said the flesh is an inner cesspool that breeds snakes of evil. If you don't like it, blame it on C.S. The flesh is an inner cesspool. You wouldn't understand, right? 1045 is going to get it because they, they know about the cesspool. That breeds snakes of evil, snakes of anger, snakes of, of, of retribution. If we took all our time and energy working on the do's that God has called us to do, We'd have no time for the do-nots. The flesh cannot please God, Romans 8.8 says. In the flesh there dwells no good thing, Romans 7.18. We're told by Paul in Philippians 3.3 not to put any confidence in the flesh. We're told in Romans 13, these are all Paul verses again, do not make provision for the flesh by feeding it the things that it enjoys. When you're first set free, you're excited when you first realize you, you, you come to Christ and you're excited and you go, wow, I'm free. I'm free from all of my sin and, and, and all of, of the justice for my sin. I'm free from all the consequences of my sin. He has given me life and life more abundant and boy, it feels good. It feels good to be free. And when you sense the freedom coming from Jesus to your soul and it ignites your worship and you start reading the Bible and it feels so good to be free, whom the sun sets free and free indeed. I mean, you're just like, yes, I'm free. I finally found him. And he finally found me and I'm free and I'm free. Oh, say, but I'm glad I'm glad. And when Jesus makes you free, you're now empowered to serve others. No one ever lived more free than Jesus. Beaten. Ridiculed. And by the way, when he's on the cross, his executioners are saying, we bound him. We bound him up. Actually, Jesus on the cross, the freest person on the planet. Only one time did he say, Lord, his flesh spoke. Is there any way to get out of this? Not my will, but yours be done. And even in that moment, In his freedom, he chooses the will and the way and the purpose of God. For the cross was his destiny while he was on this planet. And the empty tomb was his destiny on this planet so that we could be free. That he could place his Holy Spirit inside of us so that we would no longer be bound And what they thought was they had bound Jesus, but remember what the prophet Isaiah said, that Jesus would be like a sheep led to the slaughter, and even dumb in that sense. He wouldn't say a word. He would just let them lead him up the hill to Calvary. No one took the life of Jesus. He willfully gave it for us so we could be free and walk in freedom. How dare us try to pick up bondage? How dare us try to pick up the chains again when he has set us free? See, Christian freedom is freedom to love and therefore freedom to serve. Freedom. Freedom. It's not for me. It's for me to honor him. It's not freedom for me to say, look, I'm free. It's it's free to serve others. Do you want to know what matters the most to God? Well, Paul tells us in Galatians 5 verse 6 that if you are a follower of Christ Jesus, all that matters is your faith that makes you love others. So you're in a church that believes that we love God and we love people and we serve God and we, we serve people. Nothing matters without love. Every choice you make for God and others must be made out of your freedom, not out of your fear. It must be made out of your love for God and your love for others, not out of your love for yourself. In your notes, it says, if you, you don't live a life of love, then nothing you say will matter. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. It's not just reserved for weddings. It's reserved for life. He said in First Corinthians 13, if I speak with the language of, of earth and of angels, if I speak in tongues, but I have not love, I'm like the nosy, no, noisy gong or like the metal trash can lid beaten on by a wooden spoon. We are really impressed in our land with great speakers and eloquence and charisma and entertainers who stand on the stage and wow us, but God says, I don't care how great a communicator you are, are you living a life of love? If you're not, then nothing you say really matters because words without love are empty and words without love are just more noise. And if you don't live a life of love, then nothing you know will matter. He says in 1 Corinthians that you can have the gift of prophecy and you can know all things. You can understand the secret things of even of God. And you can have all kinds of knowledge, but even with all these things, if you don't have love, Paul says, we're nothing. We live in a world where knowledge is exploding. We are getting smarter at a rapid rate. But there's still the same problems of crime and abuse and prejudice and hatred and addiction and violence. And why? Because the world doesn't need more knowledge. It needs more love. It needs more freedom that's found only through Christ Jesus. You could have the greatest IQ in the world, be the greatest genius, but if you don't have love, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, you're nothing. And if you don't live a life of love, then nothing you believe will matter. The the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, even if I had the gift of faith so I could speak to the mountain, for the mountain to lift up off its base and be moved into the sea, if I have not love, I'm nothing. There's a myth that being a follower of Christ is just a matter of believing certain truths, but nothing can be farther from the truth. To be a fully devoted follower of Christ means I surrender to your will and to your way. I, I surrender to your word. I want your word to be a part of my life. And I dare not pick up any chains. They're tempting. These chains in our world are, are, are tempting. Attitudes and anger and hatred and bitterness and revenge. They're tempting. Let me give you a piece of my mind. Let me throw my chains at you. Let me come against you. And rather, we need to say, God, wherever there's a chain, would you break it? Wherever there's anything in us that is not of you, would you purge it from our lives? If we don't live a life of love, nothing we give will matter. The enemy of our soul wants Freedom erased. He doesn't want the body of Christ to be free. The world that comes against us, they don't want the body of Christ to be free. They want us bound. The word love that he says here in Galatians 5 is the word that we all know. It's the word agape. And as I read it, it said this. In the definition of the Greek dictionary, it says, this is love. This love is a love whose chief essence is the self-sacrifice for the benefit of the one who is being loved. This love is a love whose chief essence is the self-sacrifice for the benefit of the one who is being loved. Slavery is not our way. Being bound is not our way, but freedom is our way. John eight thirty six. would you read it with your... He's coming to the end. Voice. Here we go. So, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Question How free are you today? Are you freer now than when you first met Christ? Are you loving people more now than when you first met Christ? See, immature freedom says, Look what I got, look what I get and I want more. but sure, freedom says, look what I have. I must give it away. Look what I've been given in Christ. I must share it. Freedom in Christ. I'm no longer anyone's slave. No one is your master but Jesus. You don't have to worry about what others think about you. And if you mess up or you trip up, God knows. He paid a price for all that you've done and all that you ever will do. And I just want to say this to you. If there's slavery where you're going, you're going the wrong direction. If there's bondage where you're going, you're going the wrong direction. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could conform, and he didn't die on the cross so he could standardize your life. Just me, breathing in, breathing out, paying taxes, Eating food, getting ready for the day that all goes back in the box, and I'm over with. I'm done. That's not the heart of God for us. He died so the person inside of you that's longing to come out could actually be given birth, new birth in Christ. He died for the people that you are around you that have yet to know Jesus. That as you speak the word of God to them, that the person that's dying to come out from the bondage and let go of all the chains, that they would come and they would be free, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. Thanks a lot, Jesus. We got it the first time. If the sun sets you free, got it. We're free. But he adds, indeed free for sure. And it's our choice whether we want to pick up bondage and the chains. It's our choice. If you're here today and you're watching online whether or not you give your life to Christ, we can't force you. Again, he gave you a free will. He gave you a free choice. The God who wants every man, woman, boy and girl to be saved put the choice in our hands. If I was God, and you're glad that I'm not, if I was God, I would not have given you a choice. But God so desires that we would choose Him, that we would love Him, that we would follow Him, even after we're saved, that we had freedom. He trusts us with that. As we end this morning, I, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I'll preface it so you know where we're headed. The first one is, maybe you don't know Christ today as your Savior. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. You, you come to church, and we're glad you're here. You sing songs with us. By the way, those songs have limited meaning until you give your life to Christ. Then they take on a whole new meaning. The fellowship, oh, it's great. It's cool. It's Nice to be together. We're going to have a great Easter. It's great to be together. Whole new meaning when you give your life to Jesus. And the chains that are on your life. You can't rip them off by yourself. But Jesus can come and apply his grace and his mercy to you and his blood to your life for your forgiveness, for the forgiveness of your sins, and then to give you brand new life in him as he rose again from the dead. Could I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment to allow. People, a moment of, of privacy and introspection. I wonder if some of you are done carrying your past today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I wonder if there's some today who would say, I'm choosing to believe in Christ who died on a cross for me, who rose again from the dead. I'm giving my life to Christ. I I want to follow after Him, the one who gave everything for me. I want to use my freedom today to choose Him, to choose Christ. I want to use my freedom today to be His servant. And I believe the Lord is with us even now. That all of eternity stops just for you. That Christ wants to set you free, and give you his life. As you've yet to give your life to Christ, if you've yet to believe that he died and he rose again from the dead for you, if you've yet to be able to say, I know the day I was saved, I know the day I gave my life to Christ, I want to invite any of you and I won't embarrass you, I promise. But would you, you raise your hand about as high as your head and say, this is my day to come to Christ? Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Those of you that know Christ, would you be praying for those yet to open their hearts? Yeah. Yeah, ladies, I see you. Yeah, I agree with you today. I'm so glad you came. All of heaven is rejoicing over hearts and hands that are saying, God, this is my day for salvation. Anybody else? Anybody else? You've not made that decision. This would be your day. Okay? Okay. And I wonder how many of you would say, just you and me looking, how many of you would say, you know, Pastor Bernie, since I've come to Christ and been free, I I picked up some things. I picked up some chains. And I just need Jesus to be my freedom today. I need to be delivered in Christ. I need to lay them at His feet. I need to let go of stinking thinking. I need to let go of my past. I need to let go of my addictions. I just need to pursue Christ with all of my heart. And this is my day to just say, I'm all in for Jesus. I'm dropping my chains. And Anybody want to agree with me today? I got my hand up because I got some chains to let go of today. Yeah. 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 Lord, these hands are connected to hearts. This is not a religious exercise. We're coming before the God of heaven and we're, we're saying, Lord... Heal us, deliver us, free us. We want to be all in with you. We want to follow after you, your word, your will, your way. We want your thoughts to become our thoughts, your ways to become our ways. So Jesus, we say, I give you my life. Would you just say that with me? Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I want to move from bondage into freedom. Let's say that together. Jesus, I want to move from bondage into freedom. Jesus, give me your life. Let's say that. Jesus, give me your life. And set me free in you. And set me free in you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church.